Rosh Chodesh Shvat, Tavshanayin Vav, coming to you live from the headquarters of Ariel Tours in New York. I'm Mayor Weingarten. Welcome to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. Gidigov, with that remake of the famous Ya'alev Yavo, originally introduced at one of the Israeli song festivals. And that's in order of Rosh Chodesh Vat, Chodesh Tov, everybody. Welcome to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Wangat. You're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. We are here. We are here every Monday morning. No, that's not true. I always fall into that trap. We're here every Monday immediately following JM in the AM, which is in the morning in New York, 9 AM Eastern Time. It is in the afternoon in Israel, 4 PM Israel time, and wherever you are and wherever you're listening, you can listen in so many different ways and especially on demand. You can download this podcast via iTunes. You can listen to it of course via the Nachum Siegel Network app, which is available for free. You can listen on the Nachumsegel.com website so many ways to do and we hope that you do and we hope that you encourage others to as well so <clears throat> we welcome you in and thank you very much for um, joining us we have an interesting show coming up a lot of new music coming out of Israel we will uh, have an Udi Davidi number in a moment we know he's a big fan favorite 
Alon Oliarchik of Pugi fame released a song this week as well. Shaina Or did. We'll also bring you some classics. Hatishma Koli, Zemer Nugen, memory of Ilan Ramon, whose yard site was actually yesterday. 13th yard site. We'll devote most of the show to uh, the goings-on in Israel, mainly around a television report on the uh, very well-known Israeli show called Uvdad, a 60 Minutes type investigative journal journalism show, that for a change, <laughs> for a change, highlighted the Israeli left rather than the Israeli center or right. We'll tell you all about that. It's shocking. It is rather shocking. We'll tell you about that. We'll tell you about the reactions. And then we'll tell you about a fire in a building last night in Jerusalem, which fed right into this whole story. So stay tuned for that. It is, uh, considering everything we've been speaking about in the last few weeks, about those groups, small, small groups that maybe we've said several times, about 80 to 100 people within the religious Zionist right-wing kids who have lost their way and have done some awful things. Amidst all the talk of that, now comes, now comes the other side, if you will. We'll see what the left does, and we'll try and see how they react and compare it to how the right has reacted. So all that's coming up. First, we're going to a new song by Udi Davidi. It's called Shuki. And um, the words are interesting as well as the melody, of course. Shuki is a guy who works all his life. And he works hard. And no matter how many times his friends tell him throughout his life, you know, take it easy. What are you working for? Oh, I'm working. i got to, you know, save up and then... One day we'll do things. Uh, of course, he never gets to do anything of the things that he's planning to do. Passes away having basically worked his whole life. It's a great lesson that <coughs> I especially and all of us need to take to heart. So here's Udi Davidi with his brand new song, Shuki. My name is not Shuki. My name is Mayor Weingarten. You are tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Thank you. 
He quotes that medrash. My name is Mayor Wangan. You're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So, let's uh, update you on what's going on in Israel. First of all, the Tel Aviv shooter, the terrorist who um, carried out the attack in Tel Aviv about a week and a half ago, was finally found and subsequently shot by Israeli police as he began shooting at them. He was hiding for a number of days in the town from which he is, uh, from where his family comes. This is his town, his hometown. He was hiding in some uh, vacant apartments. It seems that he moved in the middle. Um, the Shinbet and the Israeli police do suspect that, in fact, some other 
people in the town um, were aiding and abetting him. I mean, somebody had to bring him food and supplies and so forth. They actually knew that he was there since uh, Monday or Tuesday of the previous week. And people in Israel were, you know, especially the media who loves just to bash and uh, never acknowledge something good. Instead of saying the police did a great job, they caught him, he was hiding, you know, moving from some sometimes in the middle and so forth. Oh, how come they didn't tell the people in Tel Aviv that uh, everything is fine, they should go back to normal? Well, because they didn't want the killer, they didn't want the terrorist to know that they were on to where he was at. So publicly, they made it sound like they're still not sure where he is, they think, they're getting, you know, and so forth. These are very standard shin bed procedures and the fact that the head of the police, the police chief currently, the new one, was the deputy director of the Shin Bet, and for many years in the Shin Bet, I think 30 years or so, probably helped the police a lot to find him rather quickly. Um, they're going to bury him, his family will, in the town in a very, very small, quiet ceremony. They don't, uh, I mean, burial funeral, they don't want to make a big deal out of it, they're insisting that it not become a um, like um, a, a pro-terror demonstration like they had, for example in Aza, where they honored this killer um, and made a, a pretend funeral for him as a shahid, a martyr, a holy martyr so um that is what happened with that. Now, the investigative report in Uvda, which is a very popular news program type, 60-minute type investigative journalism, hosted by Ilana Dayan, which um, usually is not very sympathetic toward the right wing in Israel, let's just say it that way. They reported... Last this past week, several days ago, on an, a very interesting story, it was news to every. It had been kept secret. An organization that came up from the grassroots and had been operating for three years within Israel, and nobody knew about them until they were, you know, until they exposed themselves through this report. The organization's name is Ad Khan. A group of Israelis, mostly from um, elite military units, who infiltrated the Israeli radical left and exposed some of what is going on over there. And uh, it is, is rather fascinating. So we'll tell you more about it after the next song. And... Um, We'll share with you some of the insights about the broadcast and the repercussions after it. Afterwards, we go first to Yishai Rebo with Matsil Oti Kolyom. Yishai Rebo, relatively new, the latest from him, Matsil Oti Kolyom. Keep it tuned to the Israel Show. My name is Mayor Weingart, and you're tuned to the Nachum Siegel Network. <laughs> חוק מיליון ספק 
וככה זה הזמן הזה עשה מזה עניין אבל זה רק עניין של זמן עד שהסתדר הציפייה היא גדולה הניצנים כבר נראו וככה זה העם הזה להניח לעצמו עד שיבוא אליהו זכור לטוב ואיכשהו בסוף יהיה רק טוב הנה מוכנים עננים לשוב לשטוף הכל איכשהו בטווח בגלל שביל שלום והוא משך אותי חצי בהכורחי מציל אותי כל יום הציפייה היא גדולה השלכות גם כן וזה שנים שמחכים לגאולה ממש כמו בימים ההם בזמן הזה ואיכשהו בסוף יהיה רק טוב הנה מוכנים עננים לשוב לשטוף הכל איכשהו בספר בגלל שביל שלו והוא מושך אותי, חצי בעל כורחי, מציל אותי כל יום. Yishai Rebo, talking about the one above, Matzilo Tikol Yom, saves me every single day. My name is Mayor Wangat, and you're tuned to the Israel Show on the Nachum Siegel Network. We're telling you about a uh, story that was reported, that uh, came out in the Israeli news show Uvda, which highlighted an organization called Ad Khan. It's an organization of uh, young Zionist Jews, in Israel, most of them have been uh, in the uh, elite units in the armed services. They decided several years ago to watch out in Yehudan Shomron areas and try and be a monitoring group for the abuse of the ecology, believe it or not. They understood that there are a lot of Arabs who are quarrying, for example, an area of stone that, in areas that they're not allowed to, and they're ruining the ecology, and, and, and so forth. Uh, and that's how they started out. They, they would carry out sort of like secret patrols and would have stakeouts and filming, you know, hidden cameras and so forth to try and document how 
the uh, situation there is, is being abused. Well, as time went by, they realized that there's a much, much, much bigger story. And that is the Israeli radical left and how they are interacting, mainly inciting and aiding the Arab population in Yehudan Shimon against the state of Israel and against Jews. And so they shift their focus and decided that what they need to do is infiltrate, literally like the Mossad, infiltrate the radical left-wing organizations, especially one called Ta'ayush. I had never heard of this organization. It seems it's a pretty small one, but it's very active. Ta'ayush. The other ones that were mentioned are B'Tselem, which many people know is a very active group, left-wing group in Israel. Both of these groups categorize themselves as human rights organizations. These are organizations that care about the rights of the Palestinian Arabs. They make sure that they're treated properly, that they're not abused by the army, by the government, and so forth. All sounds really nice. The beginning of this uh, expose, they showed a typical Friday at the um, at the fence that divides parts of Yehudan Shamron from the non-Yehudan Shamron areas, the pre-67 lines, and this was a fence that was put up in order to stop terrorists who were carrying out bombings and so forth. So they put up this, and since the fence was created, the it had a dramatic effect on the lowering of uh, of terror. The fact is that in America, many politicians who want to put a fence up in the South will often cite Israel as a great example of how a fence works. Obviously, it's a much smaller fence. Well, every Friday, the radical left goes to a place called Berlin where they believe that the fence has created some injustice and they demonstrate every Friday. Now, Friday is a day off for most people in Israel. So it's like, you know, it would be like here, it's a Sunday activity. And the radical left gets together some people. They always need more people. And some Jews and some Arabs. And they go to, to Berlin. And there's always some confrontation there. And they have their cameras all set up to show how the Israeli soldiers are attacking the demonstrators or shooting tear gas and everything. Of course, they don't show you the part, which was shown here, that these people are briefed in advance. They're told, and you see this on a hidden camera uh, piece, they're told in advance, you're going to be arrested, don't talk. Don't talk, no matter what they tell you, until you are out. Do not say a word, do not answer any question, and so forth and so on. Okay. They then go out to the field. They provoke the soldiers. They do everything possible to get into their face. This is Jewish organizations who do this. It's, it's unbelievable. Okay. That, believe it or not, was the minor point of the report. The majority of the report focused on a, uh, a Jew by the name of Ezra Nawi. I never heard of his name until now, and I, I, I believe that most people in Israel never heard of his name, but I will tell you that people in the left 
for sure have heard his name because he's very active. And people who are active in Yehudan Shomron, especially in area, areas dealing with land, like Regavim, they know his name very well. In fact, they've protested to the police, gone to the police to report several things that he's done. But he continued to uh, run around as uh, one of the head instigators of this organization called Ta'ayush. To understand what this whole report, the, the crux of this report, I have to give you a little bit of background that you understand the significance of land sales in Israel and especially in Yehudan Shomron. In the history of the Zionist movement, the end of the 1800s, Jews began, middle to the 18, end of the 1800s, Jews began coming back to Eretz Israel from Europe. And they bought land. They bought at very high prices from Arabs that owned the land or Arabs that claimed they owned the land. And in fact, the JNF, the Jewish National Fund, Karen Kayemet Israel, was established exactly for this purpose, to be this huge organization that will collect money, raise money, and be able to purchase large tracts of land for Jewish farmers to farm in the Holy Land. And this is how over decades the Jews began coming back to the land of Israel and settling in the areas that they purchased with good money. As the Arab nationalism began in the 1920s and so, it became forbidden. Forbidden for Arabs to sell land to Jews. And any Arab who's caught selling land to Jews would be put to death. That's all. They know how to deal with things. They're very simple. Very, very simple. Right now, as we speak, the Palestinian Authority, this organization that we are supposedly negotiating with, or have been negotiating with, the Palestinian Authority has on its books a law that says an Arab court selling land to Jews will be put to death. I'm trying to imagine... I'm trying to imagine people in America and the universities who support the Palestinian Palestinian Authority who would support this kind of law anywhere else in the world if you sell land to a Jew or to any other ethnic group you'll be put to death. Quite amazing. In fact, Carolyn Glick, the great reporter and author, spoke at the Beta Road dinner this past week. And in her speech, she made reference to this. Here, have a listen. We need the government to protect Arabs who sell land to Jews. Because in Israel, the Arab, the PLO that we're supposed to be embracing as a peace partner, kills any Arab that's suspected of selling land to Jews. And we have to ensure that people who are able, that people should be able to exert their property rights, including the right to sell their property, whether they're Jews or Arabs, 
And we have to have the government of Israel protect those people who want to exercise their property rights by selling their land to Jews. They have to be protected by the government of Israel. It's Carolyn Glick at the Beta Road dinner. And um, I don't know if she already had seen the documentary or known about this uh, particular case that she raised this issue. So the organization Ad Khan these young Jews infiltrated some of the left-wing organizations, especially Tayush, an organiza- radical left organization that works with the Arabs in Yehudan Shamron, mainly, to help them against the Jews. I mean, it's that simple. It's that simple. In all kinds of different ways. And one of these Ad Khan organizations literally infiltrated so well that he became like the right-hand man of the leader, this Ezra Nawi. And so he had access over a, a period of time, through the hidden cameras that he was carrying, to open talk of Ezra Nawi, his, his, his conversations and so forth. So, this Ezra Nawi, who, by the way... Uh, People who are involved in uh, in Yudan Shamron, in in the area of Hebron, Jerome Har Hebron, Susia, and so forth, Meitar, which is already on the other side of the quote-unquote green line, say that this Ezra Nawi is responsible for so much damage that he creates so much trouble. It's unbelievable. But again, nobody's heard of him until now. He was approached, Ezra Nawi was, one day, by an Arab land dealer. These are brokers that very, very quietly, surreptitiously, secretly get people that want to sell, Arabs who want to sell land. Maybe they want to leave. So they want to sell their land, get money, and go to Europe, for example. This broker puts together Arabs who want to sell land, and Jews who want to buy the land. And there are many Jews who are very smart, who understand the importance of purchasing the land. For example, as in the Beto Road case, Irving Moskowitz, who purchased nice plots of land on Haratzofim, Harazetim, and Beto Road, and the buildings that they're building, the neighborhoods that they're building there, and others, are a result of that. So this land dealer figures, I need now to get some Jews who are looking to buy land. He goes to this Ezra Nawi, not realizing that Ezra Nawi, although born a Jew, his sympathies are, lie much more with the uh, Palestinian Arabs. He approaches him and he says, look, I have land for sale. Do you know any Jews who want to buy land? So Ezra Nawi plays along with him and he says um, look are, the, are these are these lands near any Hitnachliot? are there any near any of the Jewish towns in Yehudan Shomron because then their value goes up for example let's say that there's a plot of land near Ephrat that belongs to an Arab the Arab wants to sell it then Jews will buy it and be able to attach it to Ephrat if it's a piece of land, a plot of land somewhere in the middle of Arab area, is not much 
one can do with it other than hold on to it. So as how he says, yes, yes, all these areas, they're all near Hitnachluyot. This is good stuff. It's good material. Okay. Ezra now he says, okay, I'll get back to you. What does he do? This tireless worker for human rights contacts the Palestinian authorities, police, slash intelligence forces and rats out this Arab land dealer. Now remember, an Arab that is caught in the Palestinian Authority, selling land to Jews, will be killed, will be murdered. That's the law. And you see, as this undercover Jewish member of Ad Khan is talking to Ezra Nawi and filming it with his hidden camera, he says to Nawi, what is going to happen to this Arab land dealer who you are trying to rat out to the Palestinian Authority, and Ezra Nawi says, well, he'll be beaten, and then he'll be killed. Just like that. Oh, with glee, actually. A little bit of glee in his eye. Whoa. This is, these are people that are purportedly working for human rights. Such concern about human rights that he's ready to send someone to his death for the crime of selling land to Jews. Now, the only way the Palestinian Authority can actually kill him is if this land dealer is taken, is, is, crosses over the line, so to speak, into the Palestinian Authority areas, the areas that are under control of the Palestinian Authority. And so they try to get him, to trick him into going across the line so that the Palestinian Authority police can grab him. And he doesn't fall for it, and he doesn't end up going over that line. And as far as we know, this Arab is still alive. Wow. Well, this report was, was like, unbelievable. Any, anyone who's fair and open-minded was just so wowed. It's, it was like a bombshell. Unbelievable to see. How far these people are ready to go. Now, remember that this comes just a very short time. The, the, the events in Israel happen so quickly, it's unbelievable. This comes just a very short time after the main news story was the radical on the right wing. Those who are suspected of throwing a firebomb into an Arab house and killing a couple and their 18-month-old baby. And the investigation that was taking place. And the, the tactics that were being used by the Shin Bet. And the media, the left and the media, were screaming. It was every headline. And, and, and they were attacking the entire right wing, the entire religious Zionist um, population, demographic, if you will. You, where are you? This, these people came from you. And how come you don't... Well, and it turns out that they're a very small group, and in fact, there was only one guy, it seems, that was actually involved in this particular attack. And everybody on the right wing is against it, and said so, very openly. Well, now, one would assume that the left 
would do the same. They would come out. They would say, we don't support this. You would think that the way there was tremendous coverage about a video from a wedding that took place a few, uh, we spoke about it here a few weeks ago, in which um, there were right-wing radical Jews who behaved in a way that wasn't not appropriate at all. But they didn't harm anyone. And that video was the talk of the media for days on end. Well, this story, yes, a little bit, they did talk about it, but not the bombshell that one would expect, not the headlines that you would think. And in fact, the show itself, Uvda, they themselves are rather left, and, and oh my God, they were apolog- so apologetic. Oh, we're so sorry that we had to broadcast this. And then they bring on they bring on the Haaretz reporter, who himself is a radical leftist by the name of Amnon Levy, and he's there alone, not together with another representative of of the uh, right wing to counterbalance. No, he's there alone, and he rants and raves, and they shouldn't have brought this uh, to to uh, broadcast. And what is it? It's nothing, and the it's only one person, and he doesn't mean anything. And and that's the second part of this story. That is really, to me, almost more important than the story itself. Is how the left, who demands of everybody else to apologize, introspection, cheshbon nefesh, when it's not them, but when someone on the radical left is very visibly caught doing something horrific, Instead of saying, you know what, we also need to do a cheshbon nefesh. We need to think about what we're doing. We need to see if there aren't people in our camp that are doing bad things. Instead of that, they do a media blitz. They have a talking list of talking points. Well, it's only one guy. Well, they, they used uh, hidden cameras. They shouldn't use hidden cameras. Well, this shouldn't have been broadcast. An unbelievable response from the left, who obviously knows how to dish it out but can't take it when it comes to themselves. They are so used to being pampered by the news media that they can't figure out how to deal with the news media when it is them, when they are being excoriated. And then... Last night, just a couple of days after the report, the offices of the radical left-wing organization B'Tselem, their main office in Yerushalayim, is on fire. The entire building burns down. Their offices are completely destroyed. Wow. Wait till you hear, wait till you hear what happens next. This is priceless. This is priceless. We're going to go to Zemer Nuget. This is uh, we're playing this in memory of Elon Ramon. His yard site was yesterday. He was an amazing person. He was Israel's first astronaut. As of now, he was Israel's last astronaut, but there will be more. And um, he was killed when the uh, spaceship that he went up in 
and that we all then saw him videoed from and had such nachas. On the return to Earth, it exploded and all the astronauts were killed. Terribly devastating. He had a magnificent life as, as young as he was. He was an Air Force pilot of the best. He was the youngest of all those, I believe, eight planes, six or eight planes that went to attack the Iraqi nuclear reactor at Osirak. He was the last in the formation, which means he was the most vulnerable. He brought a lot of kavod to Am Yisrael, and uh, we remember him today. The tragedy of his family continued when his son, Asaf, decided to go in his father's footsteps and join the Air Force. He became a fighter pilot. They said he was very good. And then he was killed, it seems, due to um, a blackout that he had while he was flying and his plane crashed. What a tragedy. We'll play the song that his wife dedicated to him when he was in space. Every uh, astronaut's family got to send them a song, which they woke up with every morning. And the song Zemer Nugeh, or Hatishmakuli was the one that uh, she sent, Rona Ramon sent to him. We'll remind you that uh, we are sponsored by Nefesh Benefesh. They are the unbelievable organization that dedicates itself to helping Olim Chadashim come to Israel from the United States, from North America. They give you resources that help you make Aliyah as simple, as easy, most importantly, as successful as possible. Their charter flights are legendary, legendary. You have to go to their website and see the arrival of their charter flights to Israel, filled with the families of Olim. Just amazing. Nefesh B'Nefesh has made Aliyah an in thing for Jews in America. We can talk about Aliyah. When I was younger, you talked about Aliyah. People thought you were nuts. Go to their website. Take a look. www.nbn.org.il www.nbn.org.il The Israel Show is proud to be sponsored by Nefesh B'Nefesh, who are revolutionizing Aliyah.
Zecher Nishmat Ilan Ramon, whose your site was yesterday. We had some other uh, debuts. We brought you one. We brought you a debut from Udi Davidi, but we had some others from uh, Alona Larchik and Shina Orr. We're not going to have time for that. Uh, we'll bring those to you next week. In the meantime, we're going to continue our story, the last part of it, which uh, describes... What happened next? So as I mentioned, after a few days after this report that was devastating to Israel's left, and the best thing they could have done, by the way, and the smart thing, if they would be a little more attentive to how to deal with the media rather than relying on the fact that the media just covers for them all the time, would have been to say, you know what, this is a terrible thing. We all think it's horrific. It's one guy. We, we have no part of it. We will cooperate with the police, whatever it needs. And that's it. And move on. But instead, they are coming out angry. Why? Ilana Dayan, Uvda, they're not... They're, they're, now they're on the right. Anyone who says that Ilana Dayan and Uvda are, are, are on the right are nuts. Or paranoid. They're left of center. I wouldn't say they're all the way on the left, but they're definitely left of center. But if you can't take media criticism, then you're, you can't take media criticism. Well, so a few days later, as I mentioned, the offices of B'Tselem, last night, the offices of B'Tselem, the yet another radical left organization, which was mentioned and, and featured in part activists from there in the report, 
their offices burnt down totally, completely in Yerushalayim. It's building. It was a major blaze, and their offices were devastated. Some reports, some said it may, it may be arson. They don't know yet. They have to, con- fin- you know, finish the investigation and so forth. So of course. The leaders of Israel's left wing, who care about human rights and concerned, and they're liberal and open-minded, they surely would be done. Kol adam Well, that doesn't seem seem to apply to them. Here are some of the reactions, public on Facebook, on Twitter, of Israel's left to the burning of the B'tselem offices in Yerushalayim, without knowing for sure that it was arson, and if it was arson, without knowing at all. Who the arsonist is? Okay. Musi Raz, who is the uh, Mankal, the CEO of the Meretz Party, says, Wow. But Chalasa fu Palestinim. First they burnt Palestinians. And he's referring there to the Duma case. Sarfu. You understand? In plural. They, they, it's all of you guys on the right, they. Then they burnt offices. He adds that in, but listen to the entire post. They wanted also to burn Jews. In the house that Rabin is in, Bibi, who incites, is now living in Rabin's house. Two days ago, he pointed his finger at B'Tselem. And tonight, by chance, so to speak, their offices burnt down. Do you see this entire thing? We don't need to wait to see who burnt it down. We don't need to see to wait who's guilty, if there is anyone who's guilty. Those who point the finger at the right and say, you're inciting, look at them. What are they doing, if not inciting? That's not just one person. Shalom Achshav, and in a separate post, its CEO, Yeriv Oppenheimer, say, The arson, arson, in the B'Tselem offices, who Nisayon Pigua, is an attempt and an attack that miraculously did not cost human lives. Listen, who is responsible, says Shalom Achshav? The ministers of the government and at its head, Netanyahu. When the government sort of puts its finger or, or, or points the light at the left-wing organizations, there are those who are going to respond and hit the, the, the bullseye. Any, the, by doing so, the government has basically said that you could kill anybody who is against us. You hear this? The next political murder is, is, is closer than you can imagine. Now, this is so typical. 
decades later, the left continues to say, you see, it's all you guys, look what you did. Look, Rabin was killed because of you, 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 all of you, all of you. You're all responsible for that. They'll always come back to that. You must stop this campaign of incitement against the left. Campaign of incitement. What are they talking about? And this after weeks, weeks where the media was, was focusing on the radical right and, and endlessly castigating all, the right, all of religious Zionists, everybody, you're all guilty. Tamar Zandberg, member of Knesset for Meretz. What else has to happen before we understand that they were matiradam? That means that they, they allowed people to be killed. Organized hataradam. That leads up to the government offices. You understand? That fire in the offices of B'Tselem came at a great time for them because now they can take the focus off of the report that we spoke about showing the quote-unquote human rights activists from the left doing terrible things. There's only one problem. Hours later, the police finished their investigation and the fire in the offices of B'Tselem were caused by electrical short circuit. They talk about hatarad dam. They talk about pointing fingers. They talk about a campaign of incitement. That's what we just saw now. All these posts by, by, by leaders in the mainstream of the left, not radical left, Meretz, Shalom Achshav, pointing a finger at everybody, all of you, and the government, and Netanyahu, you're all responsible for this terrible fire. Look what's happening. As Netanyahu joked just a few minutes ago, soon they're going to blame me for the short circuit in the B'Tselem office. Yep, this is, uh, this is the situation. This is, look at this and understand how incitement works how people are led to hatred, one Jew against another. I don't know what it is in our gene pool that does that. I really don't. Okay, as has been called to my attention, there's a lot of negatives, but we need to have some positives. So I'm going to end, before our final song, we're going to share with you three minutes from the speech of Carolyn Glick at uh, this past week's Bait a Road Dinner. I'll put the link up on our uh, Facebook page. It's a great speech, and you should watch it. And of course, the speech begins with uh, the introduction of uh, Carolyn Glick by Nachum Siegel. So you want to see it there as well. It's on YouTube. We'll put the link on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Please join us there and uh, like the page. It's important to us. It helps uh, the more people like it and more people like different posts, but mo- most importantly, the page. Um, the more it gets um, on people's feeds via Facebook. That's the way it it works. So uh, this is Carolyn Glick, um, echoing things we've said many times, but, you know, it's always great to hear it again at the Beit Orot dinner this past week. 
We have to understand that as much as we tear our hair in frustration when we hear about this or that thing that the Israeli government did or this or that thing that the American government did to Israel or whatever it happens to be, we're angry at the uh, headlines of the newspaper, we have so much to be thankful for. We have so much to realize how blessed we are from. The Jewish people in our history have never had it as good as we have it today, ever, ever. We are so lucky to be living in the time that we're living as Jews. Look at what we have. We have the Jewish state in the land of Israel where we have over six million Jews and by the end of our natural lifetimes, I hope we live to the end of our natural lifetime, it will be the, we will have over 50% of the world's Jews in Israel probably a lot more than 50% of the Jews of the world in Israel. More Jewish learning taking place on a wider scale than has ever taken place in Jewish history. While here in the United States, people wonder how they're gonna pay for Jewish day school in Israel, everybody goes to Jewish day school. Everybody. Hebrew, my, my first grade son was learning about Eliezer ben Yehuda this week because it was his birthday. And I was explaining to him what an extraordinary thing he did. That he rebuilt the Jewish language, the Hebrew language, and we speak it today because of him. Imagine, imagine what a miracle that is. Everything about Israel is a miracle, and we've done it as Jews. Our partnership with the Jews of the diaspora is strong. And it's been strong, and it's now most important not for Israel, it's most important for the Jews of the diaspora. It's an extraordinary time to be Jewish, and we should be delighting in, I know I am, reveling in our luck and our blessing as Jews. And we have to recognize that as hard as the problems are that we face today, there are problems, and for the first time in 50 generations, we're in a position to actually solve them. We can do it. We're not reliant on anybody else, certainly not to the degree that we were in the past for 2,000 years and more. We are so lucky. Everything that we have, all of the problems that we are facing today as a people, we can solve them. We can. We can solve them with our money, we can solve them with our sweat, we can solve them with our arms, we can solve them with our ingenuity, we can solve them with our love and with our loyalty to our people. And we are solving them. So my job is to write every... That's uh, Carolyn Glick with some encouraging words from the Beit wrote Dinner. We're going to end off with uh, Pugi and Hora Hayachzut, one of their classics, off of uh, their album uh, from the last concert that they did in the park. We do so after we say thank you so much for listening. Thanks you for your Facebook likes, your comments. Thanks to the staff of the Nachum Siegel Network. And my very special thanks, as always, to Nachum Siegel. Coming up next on the Nachum Siegel Network, encore presentations of Eternal Flame with Rabbi Y.Y. Jacobson, followed by headlines with David Lichtenstein. And then, the great Monday Music Marathon. Until next Monday, immediately following JM in the AM, this is Mayor Weingarten reminding you that nice guys do not finish last. They're just running in a different race.
Yo, I'm a man. 